20 questions or 20 minutes, whichever comes first, as long as it's you. This is You Go First. I'm your host, Blair Payton. We have 20 questions in a vase. My guests will draw the first question, and we'll go back and forth covering as much ground in 20 minutes. The timer begins after the first question is read. My guest today is not only an actor and writer, but is the editor-in-chief of Bold Magazine, showcasing positive role models for young women, regardless of shape, size, ethnicity, or societal stature. Please help me welcome, by rating my podcast five stars, the amazing Janet Conroy Quirk. I did it! I said your name without messing up! It was great! That was perfect! (laughs) I was so worried, because oys are tough for me. Like, if your name is Troy, see how that sounds kind of weird? Do you hear it? Troy. Troy, or... El- I was going to say Eloy. I don't think that's that's not a name. Maybe it is. Is it a word? Was, was I going for, like... Allure? I don't know. I was, I was trying to be supportive. Let's <laughs> say that. You were trying to make me feel less stupid, which I totally appreciate. How are you? Thank you for being on You Go First. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. This is going to be fun. <laughs> so you're coming to us live from? From central Massachusetts. Central just Massachusetts. outside of Worcester. Okay. And you just moved there. How How is it compared to New York? It's, um, it is, we missed the city a, a little, but we were excited to come back here. I had lived here for a while as a teenager. My parents are nearby, my sister's nearby, and a lot of really good friends. And I just love the area. We are just kind of experiencing having space and having um, just a little different, easier type of life for a while. I don't know how long it will last. Who knows? Was this inspired by the pandemic? We had been thinking about this for about a year and a half. Um, Mm -hmm. During the pandemic, though, um, things definitely got got hard. And, you know, as somebody who has a background in mental health, I believe in being open and honest. And I will say that, yeah, you know, I, I struggled a lot. It, it's hard in those apartments. It's hard, um, you know, to not be able to access all the things you love. Um, so we started to re just kind of rethink things and say, let's give it a shot. You know, if it doesn't work, we'll come back. Did you live in the city? We lived in Manhattan. Yeah, we were on the Upper East Side, um, on like 95th Street, and we 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 liked it. We were happy for. I mean, we were there for 11 years before that. I mean, I'd been back in the city since 1997. Um, okay. I was born there, of course, and then moved up here for a while, but then went back for college and never came back. So for me, it was kind of like saying goodbye to a whole lifetime, and you know, I wanted to do it like. Evita style. I wanted to go out on like a rainbow tour. I was going to be like, <laughs> we're saying goodbye to this place and this place, but it couldn't happen. So, well, you can always travel back up once the pandemic's over and then do your, then do, do your goodbye tour. <laughs> I will do it. It'll be a nice acting challenge. It will. <laughs> right. Exactly. Now, as someone with a performance background and you've kind of lived all over, have you ventured to LA or is that something you would ever consider doing? LA has not been on my list to do, but I I would go if the opportunity was right. Um, I don't know how me and LA would get along, to be honest with you. I I do not like temperatures over, oh, I don't know, 68 degrees. So that could be a problem. But you know, I would I would I would I would work it out if if, if the opportunity were appropriate. Well, and that's interesting you say that because I feel like everyone's like, oh, I'm going to California because it's so sunny and nice. But I thank you for saying you like cooler temperatures. I do, too. I love snow. Love it. 
It's my favorite thing. Snowing, I'm happy, excites me. I like it. Which sidebar, have you ever tried, uh, what, is, what is it called? Where you make ice cream with snow. Have you ever done that? I, I, I hmm, like snow that's outside mm-hmm. and, and you make ice cream. Well, like the cleaner part, the cleaner part. Of like, well, I would hope so. Right? <laughs> I have not. No, I have not heard of that. It's, I can't remember what, I think it's called like snow cream or whatever, but you take snow and then you put vanilla sugar and then something else. It's not great, but I've done it. Like the old Snoopy machine, maybe. Yeah, it's kind of like that. And I think you shake it. I don't know. It's been so long since I've done it. But just seeing the snow in your back window is making me like, maybe I should try that again. Maybe you should. I, I, maybe I'll do it. That sounds kind of fun. <laughs> you know what? I, I, I see a TikTok in our future. All right. So let's talk about Bold Magazine. How? When did you launch this? Yes. Um, so I actually, um, I only joined them a year ago. Um, okay. Bold has been around since... I want to say 2011, I believe they just celebrated their 10th birthday, Um, but they've had a lot of different incarnations. Um, It's been a lot of different kind of things. And uh, it was started by um, the owner, the CEO of Bold Holdings, Christopher Salute, um, Mm -hmm. who's my boss, um, wonderful friend, wonderful person. And, you know, as a, as a male, he kind of was looking at the whole project and saying, you know, what should we adjust here? Is it, you know, how do we, explain to people why we're doing this. I'm a male and I'm kind of running this, this magazine. It's mostly for women. You know, there's a lot of issues about bodies and stuff. And um, so he also has many other ventures going on with Bold. So he brought me in uh, to be the new editor in chief, like I said, about a year ago. Okay. And we focus, you know, everybody talks about body positivity, which is Mm. for everyone. Everyone should feel good about their bodies. Mm -hmm. Um, We kind of push it a little further into fat positivity, which is gets a little more pushback. You know, you will hear from people who will say, well, I don't want to be as, you know, positive about people being fat. And, you know, it's not healthy or all these kind of myths that we've been taught. And what we try to promote in fat positivity and in advocacy is that you don't know anybody's health status based on their size. We've learned that a lot of things like BMI and, you know, the body mass index and um, there's a lot of myths about diets are not quite right. So Mm -hmm. we seem to still kind of cling to a lot of generalizations that we hear about large people. Um, And I should preface all of this by saying that I, I use the word fat. Um, I identify as fat, but I recognize that not everybody does. And it can be a little shocking. People who were like, whoa, we're saying fat. Like I was taught not to say that, you know, (laughs) and we all were. Um, But it is more of a descriptor. I think it can help to think of it that way. So I choose to use it instead of plus or other words, but I absolutely think everybody should define themselves however they want to. Mm -hmm. So yeah, with Bold, we're just, our goal is to highlight, I always just say, regular people doing really exceptional things. So we want to put large bodies in our magazine. We want to increase size representation, but we also understand that body politics is politics, right? I mean, it's all connected. It's all connected to, it's connected to racism. Um, A lot of the movement was started by black women. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we feel very connected to all sorts of social justice at Bold. And that's why, we've been kind of working on a lot of things. We've expanded it to a lot of different uh, areas. And I'm, I'm really, really happy about that. Um, but it's, it's still a struggle. You know, people, it is hard to encourage people to let go of prejudices that they were taught are not that bad. You know, oh, right. oh I'm just kidding. I'm just saying something about 
food or size. And it, it is, it's so hurtful. And it's, I always say it's damaging to people who are in eating disorder recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also just, it's also just prejudiced and it's, it's bigotry and we don't call that out enough. And I'd love to see that get called out a little more. Yeah. How, how has the reception been with the, with the whole change in movement? I think people have um, been pretty great, actually. I think that they accept that it's part of a bigger thing. You know, like I'm saying, you know, it's all kind of connected. And maybe mm-hmm. somebody who might have thought, well, I'm not plus size. You know, I don't really know if this has to do with me is saying, oh, no, OK, I get it. I, I get why it's connected to dignity and respect and, you know, not to mention you know, the systemic things like healthcare, so many of us in the plus world struggle with getting appropriate healthcare, Mm -hmm. um, discrimination. So I think people are realizing, oh, no, I I understand. I get this. I get this. And we're, we're moving away from just thinking about it in terms of looking at large bodies. But um, I think we still have a ways to go. I I would love for the, the, it's just to be normal to see a large body in TV or a movie Mm -hmm. and not there wouldn't have to be a storyline about why they're there. You know, it's just kind of, um, you know, they just are, they're there, they're there as the love interest or they're there as the star. They're there as whatever, because that's how the world is. Well, what was the transition like going from like an actor to being editor in chief? I mean, that seems like a big title. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, I was really happy about it. And I, I, it's a lot of work. I think, I think what I like is that, I am getting to put my own words out there and at least have kind of a say, whereas performing, you're usually doing other people's mm-hmm. work. Although, you know, I've written skits, I've written a, a short play or co-wrote, co-wrote one. Um, so, but most of the time you're kind of boxed in, especially if you're a plus size actress. I mean, there's just not a lot of opportunities that are not a little bit cliche but I, I miss I miss being on stage. I do. I really, yeah. really do. I'm the kind of person who needs to be on stage. I, I need to be on stage with other people there. I need to see the audience. I need to hear, you know, my husband laughing in row 10. I just need that kind of stuff. So I miss it a lot. So how have you been kind of quelling that uh, desire during the quarantine? Drinking? <laughs> Working, yeah. I, I've been trying. I've been trying to um, connect with a few, you know, small projects here and there where you mm-hmm. do a reading or something. I had worked on a small reading with a group of students up in the Bronx, actually, who their class got canceled because of you know school closings back in the spring, and mm-hmm. they just wanted to perform their very short, like one scene plays for somebody and they just needed people to read them. So me and some other actors did it. Um, we got to speak to all the kids who were, you know, seventh grade, I think about yeah. what they had written. And it was so cool. So it's little things like that, that matter. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also going to be working on an upcoming film in the spring, but behind Ooh. the scenes. Yeah. I'm going to be not, I'm not on camera. I'm going to be actually serving as um, sort of a, consultant about intimacy uh, i'm not certified in that yet but i'm doing some work on it interesting yeah it's a movie called ava uh-huh. and um it is about human trafficking and yeah. people you know it, it's very it's heavy uh and the actors and actresses in it are really amazing um but you know it's such a hard topic that we thought you know with some of my social work backgrounds and having worked with people with trauma that maybe i could bring something to the table there um so yeah excited to do that in the spring and see what else shows up i mean you know 
once things open up again, hopefully there'll be some options up here too. I know Worcester has a great art scene, so keep trying to find stuff. That's really awesome. Well, it sounds like, you know, 2021 is off to a good start for you. So that's pretty exciting. A movie. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a little break. And then coming back, we're going to go through 20 questions in 20 minutes. How are you feeling? I'm good. I have a little nose, constant nose situation, but that's okay. Okay. Well, that's pr- that could be brought on by stress because, you know, it's it's a big task, you know? It's understandable. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to take a quick break and be back with our lovely guest, Jana Conroy Quirk, right after this. Welcome back to You Go First. I'm Blair Payton, and I'm joined today by Janet Conroy Quirk, editor-in-chief of Bold Magazine, also actor, writer, social worker, about to be on a movie set. She's She's got big things in the pipeline. Welcome back, Janet. Hello. Good now, to did, see you again. Did you get your nose uh, issue under wraps? You know, it's about as under wraps as it gets. I, you know, it's, <laughs> it's a thing. It's just one of those things. Um, so what we're going to do is, since obviously we're not in the same place, we're going to adhere to the social distancing rules. So instead of drawing out of my beautiful vase, you'll pick a question between 1 and 20. I'll read the corresponding question, and we'll be off and running. Very simple. Perfect. Pick a number between 1 and 20. I'll read the question and then begin the timer. So Janet, Conroy, Quirk, you go first. Number 8. What's the last thing you Googled? Timer begins now. Last thing I Googled mm-hmm. was, I believe, yes, there was an, an island off of Sicily, um, Teormino, or, or people are going to laugh at me now, and a friend of mine, we were talking and texting about a trip to Sicily that she had, and I was trying to remember something about it. So yeah, that's what it was. The last thing I Googled was, um, so... I I feel like I've hit the age where my body is like, all right, now it's time to start decomposing. <laughs> so I've been having knee pain, and and keep in mind, I do CrossFit, so it's probably it's probably from that. But I refuse to give in to that. So I was like, what can I do for knee pain? And then I read that maybe you're low on potassium, which I kind of am because I don't I don't think I eat a lot of potassium. So I Googled uh, potassium, and then I took potassium, and then I got leg cramps. So I, I'm I'm usually Googling health concerns. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. I'm right there. Yeah. And then always getting, oh, well, you may have cancer. So it's always... Oh, of course. Right. Yeah. Got a headache. It's going to be your last. All right. Pick another number. Um, How about uh, just two? What songs hit you with a wave of nostalgia every time you hear them? Well, um... Anybody who knows me knows I am a huge John Denver fan. Um, yes, I saw that on your Facebook page. <laughs> it's in your bio. It, it, is, it is in my bio, exactly. Um, so Annie's song uh, was one of me and my husband's wedding songs, and it's always just been one of my favorites. And I think all of his stuff, I just think, is of just a whole different time. And it, it, it always gets me, and it always hits me, and, and, and it's just, just my favorite thing. And I just... I just adore him. What was the moment you realized you were like a John Denver stan? 
So that would be Halloween 1983 when my parents dressed me up like him for Halloween. Um, I was three years old and I had a blonde bowl cut and they were like, hey, she's got some bell bottoms and a vest and some little wire rim glasses. Here's a banjo. She's John Denver now. What a specific choice. You know, it really, really was. (laughs) Yeah, they are. They are special, special, wonderful people. Well, I like that they didn't think outside. They they thought outside the box instead of doing like the typical ghost or a little devil. But John Denver. John Denver. Was John Denver at the height of his like fame at that point? Yeah, I mean, I think he was pretty big and we liked him in our house. Okay. We may have actually called him Jan Denver since it was me. Haha, <laughs> get it? A little play on. <laughs> but um, we don't have the pictures and I really wish we did because they were exceptional. I say this next Halloween that's coming up, you need to do a recreation. It kind of has to happen. It has to at this point. And then it can also double as your Christmas card. So, you know, two for one. (laughs) (laughs) So songs that hit me with nostalgia are, I'm trying to think of the most recent one. So, so, uh, well, and they're all breakup related. So it's like, I don't really want to like delve into that because who wants to relive a breakup, you know? No, nobody does. Um, but that's usually like Kelly Clarkson. I love her. She is my gay icon. She, she's good stuff. She is so good. Like my roommate, he's a Lady Gaga stan. I'm a Kelly Clarkson stan. And, but she's got some great breakup songs, sad and aggressive. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. So any of her songs, there's always a memory tied to it uh, about relationships. <laughs> so there you go. Okay, pick another number. Um, 15. This, one, this one's a little bit of a thinker. A little bit. Okay. Besides war and diplomacy, what would be the best way for countries to settle disputes? Just general exposure to each other. I think part of the biggest problem is that We all have these kind of ideas about what other cultures are like, that they're beneath ours, that they're not the same. And there are always going to be some common threads. And I think just sharing stories, and this is something that I write about in bold a lot, is about, you know, the importance of telling stories. Stories are so important. And I think it's one of the most benign, non-aggressive ways to get people to know each other, to just simply share a part of themselves and it's relatable. The other person, yeah. And it's, it's. I really think it's effective. And I, I'm not sure how that would look, but, you know, I guess we're kind of, we have the capability. I mean, we fight with people all over the world about, you know, like what cat is the hottest or whatever. So, you know. There are so many cats I'm turned on by. It's crazy. <laughs> so if we could find a way to kind of harness what we have here yeah. um, and have people communicate. I think we we might undo some of the, the bad stuff. Wow, that is such a better answer than what I thought. I was like, eh, I don't know, a, a dance battle? Because <laughs> I can't tell you how many dance battles I watch on YouTube. <laughs> a sidebar, can you dance? Okay. I, not only can I not dance, I refuse to dance. And like, if you ask me, like, you will get an answer that is just not appropriate. Like, I just, I don't like it. Okay, remember times when we could go to a club? Sure. Okay, let's say you were there with a bunch of friends and they're like, hey, um, John Denver's playing. This is my jam. Let's get out here and dance. What would be your go-to move if you push comes to shove? My go-to move was always kind of like standing next to a friend and doing that like 
hip bump, hip bump, hey, and doing it for way too long to the point where they were like, can you stop that now? And that was that was my thing. That's really all I had. Every time I go to a club, I'm keenly aware of how like Caucasian I am. And just like just like I do a shoulder. Like I truly have to have some sort of like uh, alcohol in my system to be even comfortable with looking like a moron. Yeah, I I mean, I assumed alcohol was included in the example. Yeah, no, if there wasn't any, I wouldn't be at the club anyway. I just stand, I You're like, I'll be your DD. <laughs> yeah, I. <laughs> it's just, it's one of those things I just haven't learned to fully be comfortable with. But I, I've tried it, you know, I, I'll, I will do it for art for sure. I have. Well, and you know what's so crazy? Like, I think of so much dumb stuff I've done performance-wise, but when it comes to, like, going to a club and just dancing, I'm just like, this is hard. What? Yeah. It's so dumb. All right, pick another number. Um, 13. Okay, let's go to question. Oh, okay. Now, this. This is a good question, okay? All right. So you need to think about the answer. And I want examples. Golden Girls or Designing Women? Yeah. Because I went on a date this past weekend and we were talking about TV shows that I watch and I was like, well, I watch Golden Girls and he brought up Designing Women. And not that I don't dislike them. I think it's a very fine show. It's got some great monologues, but it's not my go-to. So if I had to pick between the two, it's Golden Girls. And I think that's why we didn't get a second date. (laughs) I think that was the downfall. I have high standards, apparently. <laughs> I would have to go with Golden Girls. I, I just, I know it better, number one. Mm-hmm. I, I remember signing women coming out because I was like, you know, in like junior high and we were all kind of thinking, oh, well, this is interesting too. And okay. But I was, I, I, I Golden Girls for me is just, it's more my, it's more comforting. It's just, it's where I am. And it, you know, it's, it just, it's so ridiculous, but so wonderful. And, I you know, it. I just, I love it. I don't, I, I should get to know design, Designing Women better, though. I, I should say that. Well, one thing I do, because I love a, I love a funny lady. And Jan Hooks from SNL, like late 80s. Yes. So she's on that show. She was actually brought in to replace uh, Jean Smart when she left. Yes, and yes, yes. She watching those episodes in particular because i did do like a binge on hulu she is such an underrated comedian and people need to discover she is so good like her impressions on snl just her characters oh my god yeah she was always like just dead on she was so so good so so oh she well like growing up i remember watching the sweeney sisters and i was like oh that's so i want to do that which I don't know, saying wear a dress. I don't know. Comedy. There's something in there that I wanted to do. And one of those think about this. Yeah. One of those three things, hopefully one day I will be successful at. So I might be a drag queen. Who knows? Now, Golden Girls, which one do you uh identify most with? We all kind of wanna be like a little bit of a Blanche and I probably had my Blanche years. Uh I would say these days I'm I'm pretty I'm about as Sophia as it gets. I just want to sit in the corner, say something snarky and tell everybody else what they're doing wrong. Um, but you know, but there, it comes from a place of love and a right. place of experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm probably pretty Sophia. Now, was she your favorite character? I liked Blanche because, you know, again, the style and the right. kind of like the unapologetic kind of 
man loving thing that she had right. going on and you know free free kind of thing um but i i did like sophia a lot rose and i never really connected but i love her i mean hysterical but um yeah i would say i my favorite by far is dorothy i loved how just her delivery and sarcasm was so crisp and always just like even if she could say like a word and just the deepness of her voice and the look was very funny yeah I've always wanted to be a Blanche, but I've never been promiscuous. I've always wanted to be promiscuous, but I'm just like, I can't, uh, I get feelings. So I think I'm a cross between Dorothy and Betty White. That works. And you know, and or, Blanche has some not cool strikes too, right? I mean, she always had kind of like the, a little less accepting than the others too. So yeah. And it took her a while to get on board with her brother being gay. And it's like, come on now. Like the first one, I get it for the first episode, but then when he wanted to get married. I know a lot about Golden Girls. Okay, let's pick another question. This could go on for a while. Uh, 11. Okay, here we go. Let's just get into it, you know? It's a holiday that's coming up, and what are your thoughts? Valentine's Day? Valentine's Day? I mean, I we've all had good ones. We've all had bad ones. I think it's obviously, of course, commercial, and we we mm-hmm. make way bigger deal out of it than we need to. Um, I kind of use it as a way to just kind of tell anybody in my life that I love them, but I do that a lot. I hope yeah. um, I'm kind of one of those people who will just like tell you, I love you. And mm-hmm. you're like, thank you on this random <laughs> Tuesday. And I'm like, okay, I just want you to know. I just, I thank you. Here's your Starbucks order. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Ma'am. Uh, this is a dry bar. What are you doing? Like, <laughs> but I love my hair. Um, yeah. So I, my husband and I, I'll tell you, we don't do like, especially in New York, you don't go out on Valentine's Day, like for dinner. Why would you do that? You would never do that. Nobody does that. So we, I learned that from the sex in the city movie. <laughs> yeah. So we, we just, you know, we'll, we'll make something maybe together, but we don't, you know, it, we don't go overboard with it, but I also, I like it. And I, I, it's one of the, I'm fine with it. I'd be yeah. fine with it not existing either way. I think it's one of those holidays that's really great if you're in a relationship. And then if you're not, you're just like, mm, fuck this. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. Although this year, I, I'm not in a relationship. So I will say I'm kind of neutral about it. Neutral. Right. So, yeah. I, 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 I got to worry about my shoddy knees. I can't worry about who's buying me dinner, you know? All right. Pick another question. <laughs> uh, let's go with with 19. Did we name 19 yet? We have not. Okay. Um, what are you kind of snobby about? <sighs> <laughs> um, I think I have gotten better about this since we relocated, but I used to be a bit of a New York snob. I admit it. I was a bit of a, if you're not in New York, uh-huh. you know, I don't know what you're doing. And not that bad, but I well, did kind of have that. Like if you like would talk to people that were not living in New York or like people who just moved to New York, like kind of just like an overall, you know, well, at the end of the day, I live in New York. So that makes mm-hmm. everything better. And it, it doesn't, you know, there's, there's a lot of things about New York that are not pleasant. And, you know, I think sometimes we gloss over them and it being, you know, somewhere that I was born, of course, I, I do my whole family's history is there. So there's, it comes from a place of love, I swear, but I yeah. could at times in the past, definitely probably be called a bit of an asshole about 
my New Yorkness, but I'm working on it. What about people who would, let's say, had been in the city less than I don't know five years? I'm always pretty open to them. I I, I was never kind of like, oh, you moved here and we're not going to embrace you, kind of person. No, mm-hmm. no way. Because I think people find what they need in New York, and the reasons for going there are so important. And I. I think once I started acting and meeting people who were a lot younger than me mm-hmm. and hearing some of their stories, having come from you know, like families that didn't accept them or places where they were not embraced. Like I realized just how important it is to, to relocate there and have your time there. And, you know, for some people it's a stopover for some people, it's an entire life and a mm-hmm. generation. Um, and I'm fine with all of that. So no, I I'm always, Hey, you moved here. If I can help you and tell you a good tip. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was hard when we left. Otherwise, get out of my way. That was kind of a New York accent. <laughs> right. And don't go to the downtown Little Italy. The best one's in the Bronx anyway. Don't you know that? I think I'm snobby about snobby people who are snobby about Olive Garden. Yeah, I, It gets such a bad rap. <laughs> because I like it. <laughs> I'll, go, I'll go to the garden. Uh, whatever. Like, I'm not above it. Yeah. No, I agree with you. And you know what? I think Anderson Cooper made an Olive Garden crack last week or two weeks ago and i was kind of like hey but you know i don't like that because one of my first jobs in new york we were sitting around and like keep in mind i'm from like a smallish town in virginia and so our town was just filled with chains so like olive garden has like fun memories and happy memories for me and like i don't think the food is that i mean obviously it's not authentically italian i get it when i said that at work i was like you know i kind of like the olive garden everyone they were also italian too so that didn't help my situation but they all looked at me like i said i voted for trump it was intense well you know when i was working at a homeless shelter once in chelsea they were redoing all the bathrooms and there was rarely more than like one toilet available for like a lot of people so we'd go to the Olive Garden a lot and go to lunch there. I was like, how are you equating the Olive Garden to a toilet right now? I just told you. (laughs) Yeah, they had a great bathroom. That's kind of how I got a little hooked. So (laughs) I can't. can't. That's that's weird. I can't bring myself to denigrate it. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad we bonded over that. All right, pick another question. Four. All right, question numero four. Oh, this is a great one. <laughs> and I can't wait for the answer on this. Which Jersey Shore cast member do you most identify with and why? <laughs> now, if you like, to give you some time, there's Snooky, there's JWoww, wow. uh, there's Sammy, Sammy Sweetheart, uh, Angelina, Dina, Dina. She's a replacement. Yes. But you know what? She's a good replacement, you know? She, I, you know, I actually thought Dina had the best heart out of all of them. I thought she was, mm-hmm. I thought she had the capacity to be nice. I think she went in being, trying to be nice. And I remember Sammy being a little, not a little, very rude. Uh, I would say, because I'm trying to think. So the guys are the situation. Polly, D- yeah, I was trying to think of the guys too. Polly D., uh Vinny, Ronnie, and the situation. Well, I think I would most identify with Vinny because I do know he has anxiety. So I get anxiety too. Plus, I just think he's adorable. So maybe I could convert him. He I thought he was yeah, he was very cute. Yeah. yeah. He was I mean, I thought all four of them were good looking mm-hmm. in different kind of ways. 
Um, but yeah, I think Vinny, again, was kind of more sensitive of the yeah. others. And by the way, he's he's if you watch newer episodes, he's um, stripping in Vegas. Well, not now, but like with um, so maybe we have to take a trip. <laughs> and Old based in Vegas. <laughs> and on that note, we did it. We did it. We didn't get through 20, but we got through a bunch. How are you feeling? Do you want to do you want to give a speech? <laughs> Your victory lap? No, this has been so much fun. You know, I, I it's 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 a nice kind of break in terms of, you know, the work that we do at Bold can be so fun but also mm-hmm. so like stressful. And so mm-hmm. so to so just kind of talk and just kind of, you know, have a little shoot a little the bit of downtime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what that's what I aim for in this podcast. So you can turn off your brain. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm glad I helped you turn off your brain for a little bit. Uh, Is there anything you'd like to promote uh, at this moment? This is your platform. Um, So our winter edition of Bold Magazine should be coming out within the next week or so. Mm -hmm. People can look for that on um, always follow us on Instagram. That's probably the best place to go. We are at BoldMZ. B-O-L-D-M-Z. And that will give you links to where to buy it. Uh, You can get a digital copy. You can get a print copy. Our theme actually is about the arts and how the arts have transformed uh, during COVID. But we're also covering a lot of plus artists in different realms of of creativity and different realms of performing. So uh, that'll be really cool. Also, we had an interview with Marissa Rosen, who's done some Broadway stuff, and she's awesome. She's in it. So definitely pick up the um, the calendar. Oh, sorry, the magazine. We also have a calendar on. Yes, I saw that you were one of the calendar girls. I Yes, I was March. Yeah, I picked that. You know, I was kind of like, I want to be March. It's an Irish heritage throwback. Ides of March. <laughs> the Ides of March, exactly. Beware. <laughs> Mess with me. Um, yeah, so we have those coming out. And, you know, we're always just, um, we're always rolling out new stuff. So mm. our old lives are always on Thursday nights. We have some great interviews coming up for Black History Month with some wonderful... Now, your bold lives, that's on Instagram, correct? That's on Instagram, yeah. And is that always at the same time on Thursdays? On Thursday nights, sometimes at 8, sometimes at 9 Eastern. It We sometimes adjust it because some of our uh, brand ambassadors, our bold bosses are in different time zones. Usually it's eight or nine. Okay, that makes sense. And all these links are in the description. So feel free to scroll down and click on the links. So you don't have to do all that typing. You know, you got to worry about your finger strength. Yeah. I mean, don't you? Yeah. (laughs) That is a weird sentence to say. (laughs) (laughs) So on that note, thank you so much for coming first. Thank you again for listening. And be sure, if you haven't already, to follow us on Apple Podcasts, all the major uh, podcast apps. Also, uh, subscribe, uh, which is the same as following, but a different word in case you like that word better. And hey, you know, I like a good five-star review. uh, And that always helps promote the show. So please do so as well. Everyone have a great day and we will talk to you soon. 